It's Friday, November the 13th, 2009. I'm Mike Benedetti. This is 508, a show about Worcester today. Drew Wilson. Brendan Malikin. Good morning. Good morning. And uh, I think the top story this week has got to be this bald eagle. Yeah, well, we have a bald eagle here in the Tatnik area, and this is the second year in a row. Um, around the same time last year, we noticed <coughs> that it was circling over the... Uh, bottom of Pleasant Street, but you can see, I mean, the thing's enormous, it's an adult, so you can see it from a good distance, apparently just feeding, and uh, it, there doesn't seem to be any signs of it residing around here, so the assumption would be that it's out of the Quabbin or somewhere north and just migrating through, but we saw it again this past Monday, um, just cruising through the area. Last year when it was here, it uh, was snacking out on the uh, the ice uh, on what appeared to be a pigeon that it had taken down, wow. and uh, was dismantling that out on, on the pond here. But when we saw Monday, it was just kind of circling through the area, looking for something to eat, small children, uh, dogs. Watch out. Been. But it is amazing. So if you live in this area, uh, feel free to look up every once and again. It's, <laughs> it's an enormous, enormous bird. And uh, um, it's a really, really impressive sight. I know it's, you know, people get wrapped up in the symbology and whatnot of bald eagles and what have you, and that's its own thing. But just seeing one is astounding and hearing it. I mean, it's... It's like having a car flying around your head. And it's That's awesome. Very cool. This bird. is also the time of year when people are always talking about how our national bird was almost the turkey. It was almost the turkey. <laughs> yes. So Which you could you could make you could you could kind of do a comparison this week. Well, you're right. we have one bald eagle and we have four dozen uh, turkeys right now on Joff Smith's front lawn up in uh, District One. So uh, take your pick. There you go. Mike, there you know this is actually it's the 20th anniversary of the first time a president pardoned a turkey um, for Thanksgiving. Um, so it happened. I wish I knew the president. Do you know the president from 20 years ago? The president from 20 years ago would have been uh, George W. Bush? Or George H.W. Bush? Huh. I wonder if he was the first. But um, I just read this the other day, that this is the, the 20th year since then, and every president has done it. Um, so, you know, follow their lead. Pardon the turkey. By the way, <laughs> Drew Wilson, VegWilson.com. What's our vegetarian renaissance-wise this week? This week? Um, let's see. Uh... A Worcester restaurant, Buddha Hut, just got featured in the top ten for um, meatballs, vegetarian this meatballs. This is PETA's list of vegetarian things? It, well, it's from this website, vegcooking.com, uh, okay. which is it's one of the top um, vegetarian cooking websites. Okay. They have a blog, they have tons of recipes on it, and uh, periodically they rate uh, dishes at restaurants and rate restaurants across the country. Okay. And, uh, and Buddha Hut made it number three or four, something like that. Um, actually, you know, I don't know if all ten were were ranked, but they were a top ten, and they got it for their Italian meatball soup, which is bizarre because I would never order their Italian meatball... At a Chinese restaurant. At a Chinese restaurant. Have you had this soup? I haven't. I've seen it on the menu. They also have hamburgers and uh, chicken nuggets on their menu, but I never would order them because there's so many better things on their menu. Is it like an Italian wedding soup sort of thing? Is that... I don't even know what a wedding yeah, soup is. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, pretty much what you're describing. That would be interesting to see if that got picked up by... That's your classic uh, uh, wedding uh, food there. I mean, it would be interesting to see if maybe their recipe got picked up and hit mainstream in terms of uh, wedding fare. It could be. But so... But, so, I mean, they have things... I mean, if we go to Buddha Hut for a wedding... I don't know. <laughs> catering. Oh, right. I guess they could do catering. But I mean, they have things like their heavenly chicken or their vegetarian drumsticks are so much better than I imagine the soup is. But they do have good soups. Um, but I hope we can now hear you over the wind. <laughs> but there might be a chance to, ta to taste it this weekend, because on Saturday they're doing their um, all-you-can-eat buffet fundraiser for Veg Worcester. Right. 
Um, they have one soup every time. Last time it was a curry soup, but maybe this time they'll try their they're now they're going to be making a mistake soup. if they don't have that soup. Maybe they actually they won't because then you'll you people come in for the buffet and they'll be like, oh, okay, fine, I'll throw out an extra five bucks for the soup. It's <laughs> like I've heard about the famous meatball soup. You know, I'll give uh, I'll give the owner a call and see if he'll he'll do that. Um, I have to stop by there to drop off flyers about it today. So Drew Wilson making it happen. <laughs> awesome. Is there any other there? If there's other vegetarian Renaissance news, we'll get to it later. Okay, cool. How about that? Okay. Um, I should point out. Uh, uh, stone soup porch caught on fire last weekend. Did you know I, about this? Well, I only heard about it actually through Drew's Twitter feed. Uh, was there any actual news about it at all? There was, yeah. There was a there was an article. There was a little blurb in the TNG and a little blurb in the um, in the in the uh, Western magazine. I mean, I can I can tell you as a firsthand witness to some of this. Like basically, you know, it seems to probably involve like people sleeping on the porch, setting their bedding on fire, and uh, I guess it's still. I don't know. I guess a lot of the details are still up in the air as to whether this is actually what happened or what's going to happen going forward. It was a it was a minor fire. Yeah. I mean, it was just an exterior building fire. How much was all the damage repaired from the last fire? Is that no? no it's still no. There's still the building is still completely no. up in the air. I mean, the, I I have to say actually the positive thing. I always give people uh, a hard time whenever they go to Stoke, Stone Soup General Meetings. I say, you know, there is no Stone Soup. <laughs> <laughs> like the building is burned down and like it's vacant, but this should be item number one. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like well, we need to have we need to have a community center so that we can have a meeting about our community <laughs> center. But uh, you know, from what I've heard, like the last general meeting, most the most recent general meeting was extremely well attended, very energetic, very people very energetic about the process of you know continuing to rehab the building. I mean, it's like a, just like it's just a big deal to try to completely rebuild a building. Uh, so you know, it hasn't even been nine months I don't think since the uh, original fire so there's still you know insurance is dragging on so they're still moving forward so it's good to know though that that place will be back in action eventually um, now with the new porch now with the new porch now with the new interior probably um, wanted to talk about uh, Worcester magazine here it is Worcester magazine conveniently laying in the woods look at this here it is Worcester magazine here is a uh, some sort of empty uh, bag for drugs. <laughs> like, well, this is, <laughs> they're all just laying around. There's also a pencil stuck in the side of that tree. Uh, Worcester Magazine this week, cover story when Sigmund came to Clark is uh, Jeremy Shulkin's first, uh, I think it's his first cover story as the new head, uh, the new senior uh, head news guy writer, senior writer for Worcester Magazine. Uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago that they were advertising for an edgy, edgy writer to be the the the, the senior writer there. And uh, what's edgier than uh, Simeon Freud? What's which edgier than something that happened like about a hundred years ago <laughs> at Clark? No, I mean I you know, I don't think that it reflects on I I don't know I don't think that I don't think that you necessarily have to be edgy. I think that's just what they were looking for. But anyway, guys, congratulations that Mr. Magazine now has there. They're writing thing under control again. I Important guess. Important for a newspaper. The writing under control. Yes, very much. So. Um, I actually wanted to ask you, Brendan. Let me get my notebook back. Actually, I wanted to ask uh, Brendan Malikin about the Gary Rosen show. I watched Rosen's Roundtable last week. Chessboard thing. We had a metaphor. Made no sense this week. Uh, <laughs> but a great show. More Gary Rosen. That's all I ask of the show. That's all we need in the city. That's that's it. Yeah. It really solves. It basically solves most problems. Yes. More money, more barriers. Solves most problems. Um, this week, I saw that it was about taxes, and it was uh, a monopoly war. It was a monopoly war. Yeah. And 
so can you can you uh, explain like what is it? You know, can can you give us like the two three minute sure. version yeah, of we what's just, up with taxes? We were just kind of discussing because the the city council is about to get into their round of discussions about setting the tax rate, which means they're going to end up doing exactly what they did last year and for the twenty years prior, uh, which is set the residential tax rate as low as humanly possible and the uh, business tax rate, the commercial tax rate, as high as they possibly can, and hope that. Uh, nobody complains too much. So we were just discussing what that means for us as a city, especially going into a year um, where budget woes are woeful. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it, it was a pretty good discussion. We, uh, Steve Quist, who is uh, the Q, um, I, you know, he was going Radio on, Gadfly. He was going on with uh, the pilot, which uh, still seems to be in a lot of people's minds the uh, major uh, that's the thing that's going to save us in, in a lot of people's minds. We start taxing or getting money from the not-for-profits. Uh, Steve did say something interesting, which has always been a question of mine, uh, that on the show that he thinks all not-for-profits should be taxed, including uh, churches, churches and or, you know religious institutions and whatnot. Um, so expect the torches and pitchforks to come out shortly. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the discussion was more more or less knowing where we're headed in terms of setting tax rates, which will again be exactly where they've always been, what that means for us as a city, and that means that we're just not going to have enough money to be doing the things that we want to be doing, because until we, we fill this tax levy of $12 million that we have open right now, we're not going to see the kind of state and federal aid that the city needs to keep its head above water. How is it How is it that Worcester is able to consistently, as you said, like tax residents is so low and tax, you know, by, by, by taxing businesses so high? Is it because residents are boat and businesses don't? Uh, that would be one of the, 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 the arguments. The other would be that the over the years there are so few businesses left in the city um, that the chamber is, is, is by virtue of that weakened and can't really come up, can't make a strong enough argument uh, year round to lobby to bring that, that residential tax, uh, the corporate tax rate down. And uh, yeah, there is just a huge fear in raising the residential tax rate. Personally, with the mindset that we have to lower the business tax rate and raise the residential tax rate, have them meet somewhere in the middle for at least a little while, uh, with the long-term goal of bringing both of them down over the next few decades, but only after we start having an influx of new business into the area, making <coughs> up for the losses that we would see by lowering the tax rate. But you know, the reality is, you look at any community around us right now, their business tax rate remains lower than ours, so they're much more competitive in terms of bringing in new business um, because of that revenues end up falling short and we're still starting to we're still seeing the bleeding out of the uh, you know the middle class here in the city um, fleeing to the the suburbs keeping the the potential there they are those people driving the potential residential tax rate could actually be much the the, the tax um, what we take in for taxes on the residential side could be much higher if we hadn't lost so much population to the suburbs over the last 40 years or so. And this is a decision that's made by the city council. It is, but they do it, they do it funny. They, they start with the budget, which they do back at the end of the spring, and then they don't figure out the tax rate, which will end up paying for the budget until two weeks after the election, uh, which makes sense from a uh, tactical standpoint for uh, getting people to vote for you uh, by not actually <coughs> discussing taxes before right. the election. Uh, but it makes even less sense when you consider that we, we seal up the budget back in the spring, and we don't figure out how we're going to pay for those services until six months later. Uh, that's kind of crazy. It is kind of crazy. Wow. Well, I There's a lot of crazy around here. There is a lot of crazy. Well, I wanted to talk about, um, I want to mention that Hermes Yanis has moved his radio show from WCRN to the blogosphere. He's now on Blog Talk Radio. 
posting this week on Facebook <coughs> and also on the blog talk radio that he's kicked off of his WCRN show for being too controversial or something. There was a, a, the only thing I could find in his notes there were that he made he he was discussing <coughs> a, the arrest by state and federal authorities of a high-profile uh, motorcycle gang member, and someone at the station was not happy with the things that he was saying about that arrest. Uh, but I haven't been able to actually figure... I haven't heard the show yet or heard yes. a tape of the show. So yes. I don't know what he said. We'll never know. This is one of the things that we'll literally will never know what was going on there. Yeah. Uh, but now we will know what goes on in the future because we'll be able to listen to it on the internet. On the internet. Are you on WCRN? Am I, uh, I've been on WCRN. Are you on... What, it, what right. are your regular gigs now? Uh, WTAG. Okay. Uh, this. <laughs> and um, Rosen's, yeah, Rosen's Roundtable. Round so you have two shows on Channel 13, one show on AM radio, WTAG. Creating a monopoly. No, nothing on WCRN. Nothing you were on, on that Diane Williamson thing, and then you were both kicked off. We were both too kicked off. I went back down and I, I did a show with Gary a, a couple weeks back ago. Oh, that's where his show is. That's then. where Gary Rosen's show is. Yeah, WCRN is awesome. I mean, one the station is awesome. That yeah. view of the common down there, and then their coverage is just huge. It goes up into uh, northern um, uh, New England. It extends out to Boston and deep south of us. And the, 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 their wattage is is ridiculous at this point, hmm. uh, which is why they have a lot of syndicated programming. But they're thought is that the rest of the world isn't actually that interested in Worcester, so right. they don't want to have too much Worcester talk. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, if we can convince them otherwise, that's the station. That's the station to move in on. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, it's getting uncomfortable. It is. It's yeah. a little chilly it's out like today. It's like having you. You're just staring at me with the camera, so that's uncomfortable. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wanted to actually talk about um, Halloween if there's nothing else to talk about on the show this week. We didn't talk about Halloween we previously. Halloween. It's been two weeks since Halloween. It was a pretty good one this year. It was a great... You know, I want to talk about Halloween because I feel like... Uh, like like This is, again, another thing where, like, as, as coverage is pared down in the newspaper of record, you know, mm-hmm. we'll never have any good and detailed information about this Halloween. I guess we will now because people will post about it on the Internet. People can look back at ancient blog posts, but... Worcester's always been one of the cities that you get pre-coverage of Halloween. Like, you get the report from the police department about... I think there was an article in the Telegram discussing safe trick-or-treating hours for kids, but you never actually get the follow-up story saying, once again, nothing bad happened. You know, it's like, no kids were hit by cars, there, there no were still razor blade. no razor blades in the candy that have never existed. <coughs> um, yeah, it, it, and this neighborhood, which has been quiet for the well, since I've lived down here, this year there seemed to be a lot more kids uh, parading through the neighborhood. It was, it was nice to see them out. You know, for uh, around Halloween time, I was talking to uh, two, uh, two Worcester residents, one of whom grew up in Japan, one of whom grew up in uh, East Africa. And I'm and and so, somebody sort of mentioned this like razor blade thing offhandedly, and they were like, "What are you talking about?" We we're like, "Oh well, you know, there's this there's this old American myth that like people would put razor blades in an apple, right. and so kids would eat them." And they were just both like, "How does that even make sense? Like, wh- if, how could you put a razor blade in an apple and it not be totally obvious that there was a razor blade in this apple? There's right. a huge gash on the size there of this pins th- and candy. <coughs> I mean, this is ridiculous. It was anyway. It was just, it was just great to hear people hear this for the first time as adults and just say like. That story makes no sense on the face. But of it's it. what we all grew up fearing as children. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We were like, this is. We were like, we were like, people know about this, like they know about George Washington. This is just basic information that it you was, know. It, it had to be started by one parent. Who just it had to be started by a parent who just didn't want their kid eating all of the candy that they got for free, without realizing that you know stories like that have legs and just took off like wildfire. Oh, that's but a good idea. They were like, yeah, they were like, I need to be able to look at that candy because who knows? So it could be have been. Well, they wanted to eat it themselves or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. if anyone's listening and still thinks that that ever happened. It actually didn't. There has never been a case of a child uh, inadvertently swallowing a razor blade, pin, tack, or some sort of poison from Halloween candy. Uh, most people giving free stuff to kids away on the holidays are actually nice people who 
well, nice in the sense that they want them to have candy. Their dentist might disagree. There you go. There you go. Um, so I wanted to, I just wanted to mention about costumes. I actually spent Halloween in Brookline this year. It's the best Halloween I've spent in a long time. I, I to, a totally new cultural experience to me. Higher tax rates. Higher tax rate? Higher residential and business tax rate? <laughs> I, I believe so, yes. You get more bang for your buck in terms of holidays out in, in Metro West. Well, it was very, it was very exciting just because there was a lot of, uh, uh, you know, like a lot of apartment buildings. Mm -hmm. And so it was a lot mm -hmm. of like, I guess the kids were not going up the stairs door to door and through the buildings that people would sort of gather on the stoop of their building mm -hmm. and then drink and have huge bowls of candy there and just like harass children and give them candy. Yeah. And it was awesome. Yeah. I never saw that before. Uh, when You know, it was a lot different around here growing up, because uh, I grew up in this neighborhood as well, too, and, and it was very similar. You had a lot of young adults who were having big parties, but were actually excited. It's still about kids trick-or-treating and whatnot. Uh, and it seemed like everywhere you went was very well lit and very active, and it wasn't just, you know, handfuls of kids really grim, you know, meandering about through the neighborhood. The, the entire neighborhood seemed alive. I don't know what's happened over the last 20 years or so, but hmm. it seems like a fun has been removed from that holiday celebration to an extent. Uh, I know, I know. Well, everything's worse these days. I also yeah. want to say, uh, uh, in Boston, definitely... Rockwellian talk. In Boston, definitely Snow White was a big costume. Adult Snow White, sex, the sexy Snow White, or the small child Snow White was mm -hmm. the most popular one. I talked to a kid who was trick-or-treated in Worcester this year, and he said it was uh, Iron Man. Iron Man. Was what they saw. I don't know. What, did, did you well, guys? In terms of adult costumes, I, I went to the dive bar um, the night before and a couple other places uh, on Friday night, and it seemed as though Lady Gaga was the the big adult costume. Really? Um, I don't even know what that is. This Lady is Gaga, the musician. Okay. Um, she's, uh, I, I guess, follows the lineage of uh, young Madonna to Britney Spears um, okay. and whatnot. Uh, yeah, somewhat pro provocative clothing. So you would have sexy Lady Gaga. You would have. Well, it, it, it's just Lady Gaga. Yeah, it's, the, the sexy part is just included. Into the into the package, mm. that was nice. I didn't I actually have any problems with it. I thought they made it for a good costume. Very good in public. Very good. And then it's did, did, were you able to see any kid costumes for Halloween? Was there? Not really. My Drew son was a ninja. No. I don't know. That's pretty old school, I guess. Nobody it's can see that costume though. He, nobody saw him at all. <laughs> we we actually saw in Brooklyn. We saw one ninja who had like a, uh, a, a like a fluorescent like visibility triangle on his back. I guess just for safe trick or treating. But it was an awesome image. Of <laughs> <That was laughs> the ninja saying, "I'm gonna make sure you're doing it wrong." <laughs> <laughs> hey everyone, look at the ninja. Yeah, poor kid. There you go. Never live that down. There you go. Well, I wanted to, I wanted to thank everybody for writing comments um, on the show. Unfortunately, like it's too cold today to read the comments. We'll get around to this eventually. We're also, we have a Facebook page for the show now. Again, we're on w, uh, WCCA. We're on the internet. Tell your friends. Tell your mom about this show. If you have a warm house that you want to host us someday, please feel free. It's getting chilly out here. <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is the last freebie people are going to get as far as us doing a show outside. without. So we need 10 comments. If we don't get 10 comments this week on the show, by, through all format, fora, then we're not going to do it outside next week. We we're, should do it inside. We're pushing our, our luck on pneumonia at this point. It is kind of chilly. It's yeah. the wind is what it is. It's the wind and it's, it's the, the elevation out here. Maybe we need to go deeper in the woods. I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyway, thanks for watching the show, guys. Drew Wilson. Brendan Mellon. Have a good day. Mike no, Benedetti. No silly face for you, for me. No silly face. We're just, we're just tired. Cold. See you next week, guys. Thanks for watching the show. We love bringing it to you.